0: True experts recognize the limits of their knowledge. That's good, too. And, and they, have the, they have the humility to recognize when they don't know what they don't know. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one
1: management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leader Smith. Now, here is your host Darren Gertis.
2: So, mm-hmm. um, we were going to do this at uh, with the beach in the background because <laughs> so uh, Kenny Ambry is my guest on the podcast, and um, we were going to be talking about expertise and the nature of expertise <laughs> and. Uh, we're both at a conference. Um, Kenny is the president of the Southeast Case Research Association, which is the nerdiest thing that you'll hear all day until <laughs> until I tell you that I'm a past president of the Southeast Case Research Association. That's right. Which is uh, that's yeah, just as nerdy. Okay. So and uh, and so we're at this hotel conference center that's what you see in the background here uh but i i i had this vision of that we're going to be because you know the rooms oversee the atlantic ocean and there's the waves and all and i had this great vision of that we're going to be there (laughs) looking like internet millionaires i'll tell you what who are you know uh you know try my my uh, five-week course and you know you can make as much money as i have
0: right all right so
2: Okay. At any rate, but it's a good place to be talking about. And, and I've been thinking about the nature of expertise. Oh. we're here at this. So viewers do not know. I can't imagine any viewer knows that the what Southeast Case Research Association means. These are academics, mostly PhDs, who love writing cases, yeah. and it, they yeah. they like writing cases. Like uh, they almost have a cult.
0: Like. Desire to write academic cases—it's it's really bizarre. I mean, wasn't it bizarre? It is kind of bizarre. but One of the things—one of the things that I would say about this conference—I mostly come for the people, not least of which you, and I mean, this—this is—it's my tribe. These are the people—people people who get. Yeah, it. I like
2: hanging out with them. I—I uh, I found it to just be like almost creepy how much they like writing academic <laughs> cases, and I found that this is what I, my preferred academic writing is—writing cases because in the class. But I'm always astonished when I we, so we, we sit at these round tables kind of like where we are and we, yeah. somebody will present their case and then we'll give feedback. Mm-hmm. And there might be an economist and a marketing guy and an accounting guy and I'm a- Communication an, like, guy. Communication guy yeah. if we let Kenny in the room. Yeah. And so then we'll, but we'll get feedback and we'll get feedback from all kinds of multiple perspectives that we didn't mm-hmm. think of, like right. things that we weren't seeing. And that's kind of what led me to start thinking about expertise. And, uh, you know, I was just telling Kenny, I hadn't put out a podcast in the last two weeks. And that's just because I've been snowed under with uh, committee meetings at work and things along those lines and the conference coming up and all that. And, And I told him, I said, yeah, I just haven't found anything that I was really interested in. And, but I am, as I'm thinking about expertise, like I really have deep respect for these people that have, significant expertise in their field. I don't want to be that accounting professor. No, that's right. That's right. But I'm really impressed with what he or she knows about their field. Yeah. So what is it about expertise that is just so like ripping? Like let me let me frame it like this. Okay. Um I was in Lowe's and I asked the, the kid that was working there, I have a little list. I said, excuse me, can you tell me where X is? No. Can you tell me where this is? No. Can you tell me where that is? No. Can you tell me where this is no uh sir uh, this is my first week i you know i don't really know where anything is that kid's not worth minimum wage right right i mean right. like he's really not even worth minimum wage and so that's on one end of the spectrum and then you get people who know things and they can't even tell you why they know it but they just they have deep knowledge and like just wow respect that you can tie that to what we just talked what is going on with expertise that is just so i mean it's, i find it fascinating Anywhere I find
0: expertise, I find it fascinating. Right. And so then you have to be by field. Right. Oh, I agree. I think one of the things that happens with what you're calling expertise, it, you and I are both geeks. And the thing about No, I'm a nerd, <laughs> not a geek. There's a difference.
2: I, please elaborate. What's the um, difference? Yeah. So geek is more on the techie side. And I know, you know, you, you geek out on the podcasting stuff I do. as well. I, I don't geek out on that. This is something that I need to do. But I'm a nerd where I'm closing in on 200 books this, this year.
0: Wow. So I'm a nerd, but okay. I'm not a geek. Okay. It's a different tribe. Okay. Well, I would say that I would probably qualify for both tribes. Okay. There you go. And one of the things that I would say for nerds or geeks, it's an unnatural affinity or enthusiasm for a topic. Yeah, that's right. And And one of the things that I would say about that is, People who are excited about something usually inspire excitement in other people. True. And I think one of the things that happens with this idea of expertise is it's an admiration for people who basically devote themselves to a topic or to an idea, True. so much so that they can impress you with what they know. I, I, know, I know that one of the things that in my classes, I'm, I'm a moderate Star Trek fan. I'm a a casual Star Trek fan. You are. (laughs) a (laughs) geek. But one of the things that I would say is the students are really passionate about it. Who could go into long diatribes about why Picard was the best uh, uh, captain? I'm drawn. I'm drawn to that. I'm drawn to that debate. That's wrong. Well, (laughs) clearly Kirk. Uh, No, 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 no. I would even argue that in some ways it might even be Janeway. But I I know that I am alone in that (laughs) You are,
2: you are very alone in that. Very much alone. Do you know when my, let me see, my fifth child was born, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do to keep myself up while, you know, I had the night shift with a uh, kid. Yeah. So I watched all of Star Trek, the original series. Just Really? Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I found goodness. something to do. Yeah. It was 24 with my second son, and it was, yeah. So I just,
0: or well, second child,
2: first son. Yeah. I so understand. I so I just found clever
0: ways to keep myself awake. So anyway. I think that expertise, I think that passion uh, that these people have for this just kind of draws in. Yeah.
2: And I think that uh, when we're talking about expertise, as you were talking about passion, uh, it made me think about it. There was this great line by Warren Bennis Mm -hmm. where he was talking about. Uh, leaders have the ability, and I'm, I'm not quite quoting; I'm paraphrasing, right. but to seduce their followers with passion, <laughs> and not, not like hey, 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 I mean that. I mean, like to seduce, like to to draw them into their dreams and their vision for the future because they're just so passionate about whatever right. they're doing. So I think there's something very deep about that. Okay, so shifting gears, there's a difference too between what uh, an expert knows. And what the average person knows Mm -hmm. and the expert can't even necessarily tell why he knows that. It's like implicit. It's just deep in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think about my dad. My dad is a retired physician. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he will tell you is he, he, especially when he's trying to diagnose an illness, Mm -hmm. he has been around the the, the stuff so long that he just gets a sense for what you probably have. And it, the problem is, all of us have become basically our own closet doctors because we we go to Doctor Google to find out what what our problem is. But my dad has basically been based, has been focusing on those problems so much mm-hmm. that he can he can tell you, oh no no no, Doctor Google is wrong on that. And and, and this is what this is That's what you awesome. yeah uh, this is what you this is what you probably have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he he's passionate about it still,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but he has so much. Knowledge. I mean, we could go even to Malcolm Gladwell in the Ten Thousand Hours, which I, I would say my dad has more than satisfied the Ten Thousand Hour rule. I think it's one of the things that that draws us to those people is they they have they have that that number one passion and and again expertise that knowledge, and I think Bannis is is absolutely right. It is the seductive quality of of these people, and, and I will say this as well they get emotional and passionate yeah. about these topics mm-hmm. and i think it's the emotion that draws us in but it's the logic and the obvious reasoning yeah they have it. to go
2: together and, and yes. I, I get these kinds of things like <laughs> and the and the semester surveys like man this class was so hard but dr curtis's passion was clear and evident and yeah. it made me want to do whatever yeah and, and yeah yeah and that's the way it should be uh, so i get passionate about topics relating to leadership. Yeah. I'm imagining that you do with stuff relating to communication. He's, by the way, a communication <laughs> Yes, I am. So, I am. So is that, I mean, like, I, I'm not exactly sure how you become passionate about communication as a field. So I what, can't
0: imagine why you wouldn't. I, I, I guess. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good answer. I the, the thing about communication, we've talked about this before. I think communication is largely just relationships. Okay. And, and and how relationships actually get started, how they progress, and how they end. And to me, I don't know anything that's more interesting than that. I, I think one of the things about those those relationships and how we get along.
2: Organizing and leading men to a to a
0: vision of the future. That's what's more exciting. So I'm glad you're passionate about <laughs> that. <laughs> one of the things that I'm much more interested in, and we've talked about this. I'm, I'm much more passionate about how I get along with my kids, mm-hmm. how I get along, quite frankly, with my God, mm-hmm. how I get along with the students in my room. And again, one of the very best lines, and I steal it from you every time, is, is that we don't teach subjects, we teach students. Yeah, It's the best leadership lesson I ever learned. It's a leadership lesson, but it's also a communication it's lesson. a leadership lesson. I'd say it's both. <laughs> because I think one of the things that I love, and I, again, I've quoted you many times on that. The thing about that is it tells you what you need to be teaching. It starts directed content for you and focuses. it focuses you better than just about anything. So I love that. I love that. I'm passionate about it. I want to, I want my students
2: to understand it better. So I'm going to credit my, my children's godparent, who was the English teacher across the hall when I was teaching history and government in ECON at the little classical Christian school, yeah, his name is Jeff Carlucci. and he taught. Uh, this was early on in my first semester teaching that he uh, said, "Well, you know, Darren, you're not teaching government; you're teaching people. Right? You're teaching students. And when I got that little shift, yeah. everything changed because I stopped trying to like make sure they got this content right. I stopped started thinking about hey that's a human being made in god's image who has hopes and dreams and aspirations that's and, exactly and how right. can i help them become what they're supposed so it shifted everything about the way that i did it it's right. relational in your yeah. language and uh yeah and that changed things and then i started doing things differently so i'd go and so it, it wasn't hard for me to go to the soccer game or the basketball game or whatever but i started showing up at the girls tennis match which <laughs> was the most boring <laughs> Oh my gosh it was the most boring athletic activity calling it an athletic activity oh, yeah. is even a stretch. Right? Yeah. it was more like oh and then they reach down and pick up the ball that they missed <laughs> and you're right I mean that's that's what it's like and, and I, it was just it was a really bizarre something but I would walk on water with the girls tennis team after I showed up to that activity because they they showed and I wasn't like trying to m- like manipulate anything but I just showed that I cared and that care is returned yeah. and so good on on Jeff for the expertise he'd been teaching for 20 years by the time that we talked and that expertise came through in no this is how you teach not that
0: yeah yeah and we go through you and I both go through the 10 year process and, and one of the things that, that I've, I've learned to tell other, and we talked about this a couple of times before, uh, if you want to be an effective instructor, fall in love with your students as soon as you That's can. Right. And if, you, if you're doing this, well, number one, if you're doing it for the paycheck, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm just going to have to apologize yeah. that for that, that up, up front. But if, you, if you're doing it for the love of the students, mm-hmm. you will be satisfied.
2: Yeah. I, I think if your motives are right, if you, I say this in class about and just in leadership kind of stuff, you know, if you just care about your people and you said love, I'm using the word care, yeah, I'm trying not to be creepy. Don't <laughs> like, love your people. <laughs> so so if you just care about your people, you naturally treat them in a particular way. Yeah. That's going to be different than if you're trying to use them so that they make you look good. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. A, it's just a different place to be. Yeah. And I think that that, the the passion, and again, I want to- No, I get it, I get it. But that passion to care about them, to help them become what they're supposed to be, becomes evident and bleeds through. Okay, let me shift gears and sure. ask you something different. And okay. that is that, so you're an expertise in communication. Is there a particular type of communication that- My heard? dissertation
0: was about online versus face-to-face communication. Okay. And I was specifically looking at gender differences in online versus face-to-face communication. Okay, and so what what did you learn? Well, one of the, one of the theories that I that I started off with, and mine was a dissertation that basically disproved rather than proved anything. Okay, that's fine. And and uh, one of the things that I suspected was that men do it differently than women do. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, with almost all intimacy, and that was one of the variables that I was looking at. Uh, when you look at how men basically do, and this is going to sound terrible. Let me let me see if I can make Probably this Probably will sound yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. How do they develop intimate, non-sexual relationships? Good, because, I mean, we've already right. been
2: talking about love and passion. And I, women know, women. I know, I know. How for did the audience,
0: mean? this is a G-rated show. <laughs> Absolutely, until Kenny starts cursing. <laughs> one of the things that 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 we I thought, and I still do think this, mm-hmm. is that guys do it by doing stuff together. Okay. That that it's it's, and I, I always talk about my grandfather who who fought in Patton's army. Mm-hmm. He was a he was uh, one of the tank commanders and hated Patton. But one of the things that he really talked about for the rest of his life was that the closest guys to him were these guys that were in a in a foxhole with That's right. And and one of the things and I, I apologize because I've always wondered if I've constructed this memory or if this is a real memory. But I think as a child I asked him, what did you guys talk about? Mm-hmm. And I think what he said was nothing. And what what that made sense yeah, yeah, to me No, I, I get it. But how that made sense to me was these are people that develop a bond mm-hmm. not based on self disclosure right but my wife and my daughter
2: mm-hmm.
0: do develop a bond through self disclosure so i
2: thought you said it was disproven
0: yeah, well, I, I guess you, what you would say is we could not reject the null hypothesis. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it and wasn't so, disproven, but I think no, you're right.
2: I think I think you are absolutely right that guys, when they talk about things, they're, I've heard it described like we're side-by-side side as opposed to in front of each other. That's exactly right. Um, I, yeah. Ironically, even our- And right now, we are side-by-side.
0: We're side. <laughs> as we set up for this-
2: we, yeah i mean so um but yeah i mean you're doing the same the thing together yeah. uh, you're hunting you're watching the game you're whatever it is yeah. and maybe having a side conversation as opposed to oh tell me all about your day what <laughs> yeah i mean i uh, you know guys don't, i mean if if you did that i think you're creepy yeah i know right i know um and if i don't have have more of that toward my wife like mm-hmm. more focus on her then i'm dropping the ball in the way that i should be Dealing with her because I right. should be like it's like the classical classic um uh, thing where you know, somebody has a baby and yeah. say well you know did you find out the details yeah baby is okay mom's okay yeah how many pounds how many ounces of her hair that's Does it, she looks like grandma did yeah. you, well, I don't know. I, mean, I didn't even think to ask those things, but right. they're just they're they're different in, in the way that they think. Okay. So we got a little bit down a rabbit trail here. That's so fine. so you have this expertise in communication. Now we both have podcasts. We do. You know that because you're online. Yeah. They yeah. know that because they're watching it. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So now, um I like my expertise is leadership she stuff, right? <laughs> I mean like That's I'm, right. So I like I spend years just studying this because I'm fascinated with this phenomenon. Sure. Um, your podcast is not about being a good communicator. No, it's not. But so tell us, tell them what your podcast is, and then I'll, I'll give you a follow
0: up. No, sure. My podcast it's called Balancing the Christian Life, but the all the overall idea about it is. The first thing that, that I started off with was I wanted to give my son, and this is one of the things that was really important to me, was that I came up with an avatar. In other words, who is, who is my ideal audience? And, and my avatar was my 17-year-old son at that time, because I, I wanted to, to use language that made sense to him about what it means to be a Christian mm-hmm. on your own. But the other thing that I knew I wanted to talk about was what I call digital discipleship, in other words, what does it mean to use digital tools to spread Christianity and to bolster Christian, Christians up? So, yeah. that, so that's the overall So you
2: idea. used your expertise to uh, to you know, create the avatar, to actually impact or have an effect on what your topic is yeah. or, or your podcast is. But you're not an expert as a Christian, I, mean, I don't think you're billing yourself as an expert, like not seminary trained or anything, but, well, but I mean, you're yeah, a right. deep disciple of right. Christ. And right. so you're not expert, but you really are like, uh, for all intents and purposes, like this is part and parcel of who you are. It, it, it shows, it flows, it's out right? So, so uh, what's the difference between your expertise there and your expertise in your classroom? How does that, how does that
0: come out? One of the things, if I, especially in the podcast, and as a Christian, I, I think one of the things that I, I don't mind at all talking about is how I'm an idiot on things, and 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 how I just get things. I mean, I'll be happy to say that I'm the crash test dummy of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I will try things out and see what works and see what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is, and this is something that I, I got from another podcaster, uh, the Kerry Newhoff. He's he's a, an evangelical podcaster. Mm-hmm. And by the way, his 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 whole thing was is Christian leadership. Mm-hmm. So, I and I think he, he does a great podcast. But in in that space, one of the things that he talked about was, was that people often appreciate strength, but they relate to struggle. And
1: yeah.
0: what what you what I think about with especially what I talk about when it comes to those Christian topics, the more I can divest myself of quote unquote expertise, yeah. probably the better off I am. That's right.
2: Because you're you're now interviewing them for whatever, but but I I would also argue Uh that the way that you frame this, the way that you chose what you're going to be talking about, you are the expert. Because who's talking about digital discipleship? You're actually bringing in your strength from your your communications background and and layering that upon this who you are as a Christian. And right. working that together. So I mean there's there's weird different types of expertise or different layers of this stacked one on top of another in, in your scenario. So
0: I think, yeah, one of the things that I, I think that's what makes it work. Maybe. I don't know. I I I I don't I try not to look too close at to what makes the sausage. I just make it. And so I, I think one of the things that that uh there isn't a value to me basically being relatable, but and I don't want to sound. I'm not trying to humble brag. There is a yeah. lot that I'm that I don't know. But I, I would
2: verify that.
0: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. But by the same token, I'm the one who's choosing the topics. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's choosing the guests. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the one who's asking the questions because I know where I want to end up. And there's a lot of. And the other thing that I do a lot with my podcast, I will have an hour and twenty minute interview that I will get down to. 45 minutes to 50 minutes. Yeah. So basically what I'm doing is I'm taking out what I call all the boring stuff.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: not that it's that it's bad stuff. It's just what happens in these answers is they'll answer the question and then they'll answer it again. And what I'll do is I'll take out the second answer because yeah. it's basically reinforcing the first. But you said something really interesting
2: and that was that, that you choose the topics, you you navigate that and there the, the expertise in there and, and steering it like... I talk about pretty much anything leadership, but I, right, I right. know that I stay in my lane with leadership. Right. Um, I, I've strayed as far as something like a meta-analysis of what's going on in um, uh, with COVID. COVID, yeah. But that's also because I have some expertise as an academic to be able to say, "Look, this is what it meant." But I generally stay right. in my lane. Yeah. And so, and know, by the way, that was a great episode. I, the, I love that exactly. episode. I appreciate that the um, the idea of of you choosing a topic I hadn't even thought of. But that reflects on your leadership or your, your uh, expertise in this matter as well yeah. in, a, in a really deep way because you know where you're trying to go. And-
0: one of the things that I've I've kind of figured out that I want to do with the podcast is I want to cover topics that I don't think are covered very well or covered at all. So, for example, one of the things that I, I talked to, his name is Jeremy Dott. Somebody that I've gotten really close to over, over the process of the podcast. Uh, he had two uh, special needs children that both died. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I knew was, here I am, and I go to church with Jeremy. By the way, I don't. I mean, he lives up in Kentucky. I live in Florida. Here I am going to church with Jeremy. He's had this horrific thing happen. Mm-hmm. And here's what I am, which is, what do I say? hmm what do I say to Jeremy? Well, you're a communications professor. You should figure and, that out. Well, I should, and the way I do, I figure that out is I ask Jeremy
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I think one of the things that that ha- I I don't know the answer well that's that. deep. I see that I see the kung fu you just did there. That's,
2: <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome. That's and so
0: I know it's. So you asked him
2: what? What does somebody say? In exactly. Nice
0: exactly. Wow, he is an up. expert,
2: ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. That's that is
0: something but i the, the thing about it is is he he has an answer yeah. he has a better answer than i do yeah. uh i i talked to somebody else his name's matt bassford matt bassford classes are recently diagnosed with als he does not have long mm-hmm. left um i don't know how much longer he he has left but he knows his days are numbered mm-hmm. and he didn't he came on my podcast not to talk about that because at that point he was undiagnosed mm-hmm. he came to talk about his stillborn child mm-hmm. and Again, I basically asked several of the same kinds of questions. He he came at it from a very different perspective. I wasn't expecting that. But so for example, yeah, he say? with with Jeremy, Jeremy said, Don't expect people to know how to respond to you. You need to tell them. Which right. which makes sense to me. What Matt said was, don't talk.
1: Yeah, just I'm here for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a third guy, Keith Stonehart. He said, one of the worst things that you can say. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're
2: going through. That's what
0: Matt Bassford said. Yeah. yeah. He said, that's the worst thing. What Keith Stonehart said was, don't make the offer whatever you need. I'll be happy to help. He said, the problem with that in times of grief is that now you've just given him a job. How are you going to get, or how are you going yeah, to help? Just, just yeah. go help them.
2: Just yeah. Go, like, That's it. I'm, I'm
0: bringing you meals.
2: Don't, don't say anything
0: about it. That's it. Because I think one of the things, and I I don't know how many times I've said I, that. I had a friend that, yeah, I
2: understand. I had a friend who just had a baby. They're snowed under. They're. Uh, uh, I was watching the kids while yeah. they were you know, off to the hospital because it, it happened sooner than they thought. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so. Uh, You know, I'm keeping them updated. Okay, so my wife's over there right now. I'll be bringing stuff over. And I I was filling up a a cart of groceries Mm -hmm. uh, at their mother-in-law or his his mother-in-law was coming in on a plane. I was going to be picking her up, but I was filling up a cart of groceries and uh, I was telling him, I was giving him updates. He's like, where are you? I'm at Walmart. I'm filling up a cart of groceries for you. Oh, well, you know, do you want me to Venmo or whatever? later? Don't insult me. (laughs) I I am, this is me helping you. Let me help you. Right. And it it was a, um, you know, just a a legitimate uh, show of, I care and, yeah, don't I, don't say. Well, how can I help you? Right. No, I, I mean I have specific things. I'm going to pick up your mother-in-law from the airport and get her to your house. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about her getting anywhere. Yeah. Uh, having to you know get out because you now have groceries and the kids are going to be sugared up with grandma. Yeah, right? I
0: love that. So you,
2: you're you're fine. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. Just yeah. pay attention to your wife.
0: True experts recognize the limits of their knowledge. That's good. Too. And and they uh, have the they have the humility to recognize when they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, I think that the problem with most, quite frankly, fake experts is they will take their hunch try to, yeah. and try to enforce it. Yeah. I, I'm happy to say to Matt Bassford, to Keith Stonehart, to Jeremy DeHunt, I have, look, I am a, I'm an expert on this, yeah. but I have no clue. How to help you in these times?
2: Yeah. So there's two things there. One, you have like the Oprah effect, where you look extra smart just by asking them to tell you the answers to the questions, rather like that's that's very clever, like this Jedi mind trick. (laughs) Uh, And then the second thing was that true experts, uh, they actually want you to try to disprove things, like show me I'm wrong. Like, no, seriously, if if you can disprove what this is, I've learned, I've grown, and they're happy about that. They're not like trying to be like, no, you can't prove me wrong. If if you see that arrogant spirit, that's somehow that's not expertise. That's like something's gone off the rails. Yeah. That's my observation. No,
0: there's a big debate within Christianity about the role of grace. Mm -hmm. Can you fall from grace or or can you not fall from grace? Mm -hmm. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't know where I land on that anymore. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I had, I had a very strong feeling about, absolutely can fall from grace, and I can give you a lot of examples where people have. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I think on the opposite side of that, what happens is that a, there are a bunch of Christians that if you were to ask them, are you going to heaven, their answer is going to be, you know, I don't have any earthly idea if I'm going to heaven. Did and you i slip in
2: that earthly intention? Yeah, well, that's no. You're a
0: communications professor. That, that's you? exactly right. That every, every word is intentional. <laughs> um, the thing about it is, is we've got a lot of people that are what I call revolving door Christianity. Mm-hmm. I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the, the, the what in, in Christianity, there's a confidence we need to have. Yeah. Because Jesus said we need to have it. Paul obviously has it. Yeah. But can people still fall from grace? I would say that they probably can because I've seen it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Ananias and Sapphira. You can talk about a, a, another, a, a number of these people. Who, I mean, you could talk about Judas. You could talk about a number of people who have made the confession, sure. but then- and, and you
2: know the counter argument, so I'm not going to go into the counter. No, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and I lean I to the other side of that. And, uh, yeah. And so that, and that's fine. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating thing to to bring up. But when you bring that up, uh, the the true expert to my mind is the one that comes to it with this humble spirit. That's it. And so I'm thinking about like, like, uh, Stott, um, the theologian who's like, I mean, the guy was so humble. He's like, to, it's, somebody's bringing him a cup of tea, like whispering under his breath, I'm not worthy. And the guy's thinking, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's thinking, like, no, you don't understand. If If I allow any, Um, arrogance at any point that's that's the sharp edge of the, I'm trying to quote him the sharp edge of the knife or sharp edge of the axe or something, whatever it is that allows other things to start and he understood that and so I look for humility in experts I I don't look for like arrogant. I know it all. I could show you like, and in business, this is terrible, right? I know the boss. I've talked to this guy that won, you know, he just got promoted to a high level something. And uh, it's like, well, you know, now what do you need to do? And and you need to make sure everybody thinks that you know all the answers. Like, yeah, that's what I need to do. Uh, You know, I was joking, right? (laughs) Don't, don't do that. We know you don't know all the answers. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, that's the way people think, but when I see deep humility,
0: that's it, that's they it. they've
2: studied it, they know what they're, what they're talking about. They've been at it. They, they put in the time in, in martial arts, we call it time on the mat. Like you can't, if you're in judo, for example, right. you can't do what a black belt in judo would do unless you have enough time on the mat. Right. 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 You have to do that. But then at that point you have to be uh, you yeah, have that humility and what's fascinating about that the most black belts i know are some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet they're not the chip on the shoulder guy that's like right. what you're looking at me I'm, yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> what they're not that person they're actually really nice guys and they're they're a certain kind of confidence a quiet confidence that yeah. doesn't come from having to
0: prove themselves right because they know they can handle it right you know in academia i mean we get these highfalutin degrees and one of the things that I'm sure this happened to you, it happened to me because by the time I got to my dissertation, I was looking at such a small question about such a small number of people that had larger ramifications. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I recognized almost immediately, there is so much I don't know. <laughs> there is so much I don't know. Yeah, I can tell, I can tell you basically in, in 2007, what this group of people said about this thing. Yeah. Is it still true? As an academic, I have to admit, I have no idea.
2: Yeah, 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 no, we have some deepness, but you know, and we have to stay in our lane with what we are experts exactly about right. like, you pull up the hood of my car, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I can talk to you all day long about this academic stuff. Let me let me have one more thing about expertise and expertise and uh, making mistakes. Yeah. You know, I think there has to be a process it's kind of like the map work where you just have to you have to screw up along the way yeah. in order to and and just take your licks along the way until you get to a place where you actually are able to do what you need to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that, that you, I, I take almost every idea uh, about Christianity or anything else like that and and basically relate it back to family. And let me ask you this. you got six kids. Are you an expert dad?
2: I'm an expert in dad jokes, and I have a <laughs> dad jokes champ shirt to prove it. Not expert dad, expert dad, dad jokes. Well, the thing about it is... By is, the way, I got to tell you my daughter's <laughs> joke. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So my my daughter's in my room, and she's talking to my wife, and she looks at, at my uh, my son and says, can you believe that they're still together after all the crap they've been through? <laughs> And he looks at her and says, who? Your butt cheeks. <laughs> I'm like, you get to wear my dad joke. Okay. That was a side that was completely free. has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I get but that. that was funny. That is I just funny. out of nowhere. She yeah. just can't. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. But no, no, I'm not an expert at that. I'm trying. I'm very focused. It's kind of like a, somewhat analogous to Christianity, right? Absolutely. Like we're, we're both uh, committed believers. We're trying to follow hard after Christ yeah. and and be that which we should be uh, as as he wants us to grow in, in his image, right? Right, right. Uh, and so I, I'm not an expert in like, I don't have a seminary degree or anything along those lines. Just same thing. I'm, yeah. As a dad, I'm trying, I make mistakes, but you learn over time as you make these mistakes, like, oh, that didn't work.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but, but uh, Darren, if you're not who is right, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you could make a really good case that you are an expert. Dad. I you write a book. Well, you can't outsource book. the book, and then put that's the name exactly it. right. Again, <laughs> I understand. I got outsource it to like.
2: my children as a
0: homeschool. Program. There you go. There you so, go. The thing about it is, though, you have instant credibility. Because of your experience. All right. So I was going to talk as,
2: that was going to be my last topic, but credibility comes up now. Absolutely. Because experts have credibility for different reasons. Like they have a title, they have, Held a particular job, yeah. they actually know stuff. That's a good one. Yeah. Right? There's all kinds of ways that you can have credibility. You wrote a book, even if the book doesn't make any sense, you're right? Say, oh, it's weird, or
0: if it doesn't sell, yeah. <laughs> even
2: if it doesn't sell.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it's a, so esoteric. He must be smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <clears throat> no expertise. Expertise is basically made up of uh, two components. Uh, one of them is trustworthiness, or that idea of character. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if somebody's not telling you the truth and you can't trust them to tell the truth, mm-hmm. they can have the knowledge, mm-hmm. but they're not mm-hmm. an expert to you. Um, because you know, if yeah, if you yeah. have a doctor that that lies to you all the time, I'm not going to him or her or whoever. It, it, it's both credibility. credibility is made up of both character. And also this idea of expertise, or, or that, that you're an expert in a subject, and and really one of the things that you could say, and I do say this, it's usually just knowing more than the than the person that's before you, and, and that's that that's usually expert enough, yeah,
2: and, and and that is good enough in general. Like if you're a three and somebody's a two on a ten point scale, yeah, you you have you can you can help them, yeah, right. You don't have to be Wayne Gretzky in order to coach that, you know, little. Little league, Pee Wee league. Right, right, right. If you're good enough. But when I'm thinking about deep expertise, I have this new appreciation for it. I, I don't mean just because of the conference. I just mean, I have an appreciation for like, when I see somebody, I can't tell you how many times I'm just like, you have one job, you're customer service, or you're this, or you're bringing out fries or what. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate when somebody does excellence because I seem to see it so rarely.
0: Yeah. I I completely agree with that. The other thing that I would say about it is people who are
1: going after something,
0: especially if they have a level of maturity aren't jealous of people who are better than them. Yeah,
2: there's something, yeah, there's something. The, the, they just you're just bringing that up because I was talking about your 20,000 podcast <laughs> episodes, right, and what did I tell you? And so in yeah, this, yeah. Uh, when, when I saw uh, Kenny, so, I, I mean, I, I see you once a year at the at this conference. Uh, I mean, we've, we talk other times as well. Yeah. I mean, we've been on the show. Um, but I said, Hey, you just hit the 20,000 podcast mark. Congratulations. I can't say I wasn't jealous, but it wasn't the kind of jealousy where I want to tear you down. I just want to be like, Hey, how'd you do that? I want yeah, to do that too.
0: That's exactly right. right.
2: So, but if they're not jealous in the way like, well, I, I don't want him to succeed. No, no, they're not like that. No. And yeah, I, I think that's a pretty legit view of, of true experts as well. They're not, they're not moved by that kind of thing.
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and they can honestly celebrate other people's yep. successes. I, there, there's a guy, his name's Hal Hammonds. He has another another podcast. It's called Citizen of Heaven. He's been doing it longer and, and doesn't have as many. But I tell you what, for what he does, I think it is so good. I, I would say the same about you, Darren. You do really good stuff. Why it's not gaining more traction, I don't know. And I would be willing to give I, it. I'm a well-kept hidden secret. <laughs> <laughs> And I will, I will make this offer to you. I'll make this offer to, to, to a lot of people, especially, no, 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 not especially, only to people I admire. If there's something I can do to help you, please let me be a part of that yeah. because I admire what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I would say to, there are people who I think have basically scammed into it. Yeah. I don't want to help them
2: yeah i don't admire there's a, them there's a certain subset in podcast land that's like i don't like it's funny because like you and i have this expertise in our fields that we kind of bring into a podcast and then there are a bunch of podcasters that they understand all the techie stuff but they're empty suits
0: yeah and they have nothing really to say all right uh
2: and it, it's just a different place like we're just like i describe this as like bringing my classroom out into the world yeah right the same kind of stuff that we talk about in class yeah. is the kind of stuff that we talk about there so um yeah it's, it's just a different thing anyway kenny we're about at time i, I okay. just want to thank you for uh for kicking this around with me i, I appreciate having deep thoughts or thinking through things with, <laughs> i mean no seriously and, I know. and, and it's great um and I always close, as you know, with a, a, a quotation for contemplation. So yeah. this is a, a quote from Daniel Kahneman. Kahneman is a—I'm um, sure you know who he is. I'm just more for the, uh, yeah. the people that are writing. Great watching. book. He, yeah, "Thinking, Fast and Slow" is his book. He's a mm-hmm. Nobel Prize-winning economist, um, and, and he's got some deep background in psychology and and economics. And, and he um, uh, he wrote. This is a quote of his. True intuitive experience is learn from prolonged experience with good feedback on mistakes. I thought, wow, that's right. You, you have to make the mistakes you have to get the feedback. Because if you make mistakes, you didn't learn anything necessarily right. until right. you get feedback. And even pain is good, <laughs> good feedback. It's telling you stop doing that stupid thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't do that
2: again. That hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And you have to get that, that experience and that, we i said this at the uh one of our sessions today but it's kind of like um this expertise is kind of like it's kind of like leadership or wisdom or love it has to be developed over time it can't be um instantly add water and you have it it doesn't work like that and so when i see it i see wow there's something there there's something deep there's something that they they've they've been drilling down but then we saw these other characteristics like this humility or like they're not offended if you're doing successfully. Or, and I'm not, I, like, I, 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 yeah, it's those kinds of additional peripheral concepts around expertise that really help us kind of make like a FBI profile of what yeah. is it, What is an expert? And that's what I was trying to get to. And, and thank you for uh, coming on. I'll give you the last word. If you
0: have anything else to see, let's see just how expert you are. Well, here's a, here's the only expertise I would say. You've got a great podcast. You've been a good friend. You're somebody that I truly admire. I really enjoy spending time with you. This one's going to cost need some me. Money. <laughs> wow. How, how much was this? I don't need any money. I just need your friendship. And that's all I really need. So Darren, thank you as always. Thank you for having me on.
2: Okay, thanks for coming on.
0: All righty, man.